You're listening to a podcast of Business News Background. A weekly roundup of the big stories here in Western Australia. Brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. Welcome to another edition of Business News Background. I'm James Lush from Lush Digital Media. With us today, Mark Panel, the uh, Head of Content. And no other Mark, but we have uh, one quality Mark. Uh, let's start with the stories from this week, Mark. In particular, the uh, iron ore and mining stories sort of dominating Atlas, FMG making job cuts, and then another announcement today, unrelated, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, look, uh, you know, we don't like to speak, uh, to talk doom and gloom um, here at Business News, but pretty inescapable this week I think um, we saw uh, like you mentioned we've seen some some mining um, industry cuts um, Atlas is one um, that has, has made some cuts and earlier in the week we saw um, FMG actually um, uh, saw some of their senior management um, step aside in one case Peter Muir's who's really has been you know the guy driving their expansion projects. Um, he's a he's a rich lister in his own right um, from his time at Worley Parsons. Um, they sort of said he's taking a two month sabbatical, but uh, you kind of wonder if there's a, a return there. Um, He'll return when the iron ore price is better. Yeah, you know, it's and the iron ore price dipped again below seventy, so uh, that's a pretty critical number these yeah, days. Yeah, um, I suppose that the question is how low does it go? Um, is it sort of hovering around this mark before it recovers? What, what's the sentiment? You know, and and how long it's a piece of string? We yeah, don't know. We don't know. Um, you know, I think that one of the one of the takeaways from this is that even at uh, seventy or even at sixty dollars, it's a hell of a lot higher in real terms than when this boom started in around two thousand and four. You know, it was hovering at around twenty twenty five dollars a ton in those days, and even if you even if we'd had CPI, it wouldn't be anywhere near sixty or seventy. Yeah. So you know. So this is all down to obviously some cost-cutting initiatives. That, you know, some of these companies have got to just reluctantly Absolutely. lose some key staff. Absolutely, it, it's it's because I think you know. Look, obviously for some of these companies, this is really borderline territory. Um, what they'll be doing is they're trying to hang in there and see if the price bounces. See yeah. that because a lot of the mines in China, which produce an, quite a large amount of iron ore that China uses are operating at around $100 a tonne. So they are seriously underwater. And all the small local guys and even larger ones like FMG are hoping that at some point the cost um, hurts them more than it hurts us <laughs> and they shut those mines Who down. Who blinks first? Yeah, but, you know, that's a political issue in mm-hmm. China. You know, you start, it's like... It's like shutting things here in Australia. It doesn't look good. And, no, and no. in a one-party state, they can maybe wear those costs for longer. Indeed. The question is when potentially it does bounce or it just goes up a little, um, are those quality staff still available to come straight back into the companies that need them again? Well, I don't... I don't. Uh, I guess that is a problem. I mean, it depends how much uh, unemployment there is. Um, of course, a lot of people that they'll be putting off will have been people involved with expansions mm. and, and, and a lot of them have shelved additional expansions and other things they're doing. So in some ways they can, they, you know, the, the ones that can keep operating lean will try to keep operating lean. I mean, that's pretty standard practice in business. What about Mount Gibson Iron yeah, making look, announcements today? Uh, yeah, they've announced that they've put their, their mine at Coolan Island on care and maintenance. Um, this, is, uh, this is actually unrelated 
to the uh, to the to the iron ore price per se. Although I guess it has a, a distant reflection on it. Um, they had a, a they're a small producer. I, I can't remember. I think it's about 10, 10 million tons a year or so. So that you know they're they're the biggest of the small guys in a way. Um, they had a seawall issue, so their mine actually is on the side of the island, and they have a seawall to keep the to keep the sea out of the pit. Right, and they had a bit of a problem with that, mm-hmm. which they thought was repairable, um, at a cost of around ten million dollars or so, from recollection. The, um, the 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 new thought is it's much more severe. They've got a much bigger problem. It'll take a lot longer. And I heard a figure during the week of a hundred million to fix it, which makes that mine. I mean, it just in this under these conditions, and I guess with iron ore price, it's just not worth no. doing it for that. So no. they're basically, they're going to make their staff, they've got about 700 staff, they're going to make most of their staff redundant, they've got 11 million in redundancy costs. Mm. Uh, you know, so it, that's just an unfortunate mm. timing. Terrible event, time. At, you know, when, at a time when <laughs> other mines are shutting down for different reasons. So, mm. um, or sorry, shedding staff, I shouldn't say shutting down. Okay, um, there's a doom. Uh, let's look yeah. at um, something else. I suppose if you're a, if you're a commuter into work and you're using a car, the, the next story isn't particularly um, enlightening either. The congestion, obviously, been a, a talking point this week, in particular uh, issues focused on the transport minister who's come under scrutiny. But yeah. um, talking about congestion charges, which I suppose has been part of um, the mix in other cities around the world, nothing unusual in that. But it might be coming to Perth. Yes, well, this was, uh, I think it was a leaked um, bit of discussion out of government that they were considering a congestion charge. Um, I know that, uh, and they, uh, the, the talk was they were considering bringing it in this mid-year review. Uh, the Premier said that wasn't happening, but there was a, a charge being considered. He said it wasn't a congestion charge per se. It was a, uh, you know, a road building charge. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, the talk was around $100 per, per vehicle. Um, and look, you know, of course, there's instant uproar over these things. Uh, you know, everyone is whinging about congestion. It's a big issue. Um, it makes sense to, to uh, A, charge, if, you, if you're into the stick approach with taxes, you charge people and they don't want to use things as much, and then you use that money to either improve the roads or make public transport more available. That's know. the theory, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and of course, you do hear the other side of the coin, oh, A, we're taxed too much, B, I don't drive into the city, um, C, why should car owners pay for public transport? You know, And they're all legitimate arguments. Uh, I think... Um, you know, Perth has a congestion problem, and you're quite right. Other cities have dealt with it in this way. I find it really odd that we're told all the time that Perth should become this modern city and do all these other things that other cities want to do, but the minute someone even hints at something like this, it's not on. So I suspect um, this is a warming up process. <laughs> you mean this could be a leak that was meant to get out there? Yeah, you know, give us six months to get used to it. So when it comes in the budget yeah, next yeah. year, we're all ready for it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that was already agreed. Yeah. I think everyone recognises, though, that doing nothing is not an option. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, even, even this government, which is probably uh, less public transport friendly than, than the previous Labor government, uh, is still is still putting on the table light rail, I mean, admittedly then taking it off, uh, is still put on the table a uh, rail link out to the airport. So I think, 
you know, it's it, it does have to happen. The city is we've we've just woken up and become a big city in in just such a quick time. It, yes. it's, it's it's terrible. Yeah. Okay, um, let's look at another interesting story from this week, which is the Greylands closure. Um, why the closure and what's going to happen to it? Yeah, well, I reckon, um, I mean, this is a great business story in a way because, it, you know, I have to admit, if I'm a property developer, Greylands is a hell of a choice Good piece spot. of land. Oh, yeah, you know, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, an awesome, it's right in the middle of the western suburbs. It's very valuable land. Um, the, the government has basically said that it's looking to, to close Greylands and, and take those services, if you want to call it, out in, into more community-orientated uh, policy, uh, except for what they call the forensic part, which um, is an interesting... I, I hadn't actually understood the use of the term forensic in this, in this instance, but um, they have a forensic unit, which I think they've got 30 or 40 people in there who are basically, um, in effect criminals but not crim- like un- unconvicted mm-hmm. criminals mm-hmm. Uh, so they would probably shift that to to being in a prison context although there's some some concern around that so look I think um, we're all probably pretty familiar with um, care in the community it's been you know it's been a, a growing um, uh, policy anyway over the years so I don't think it's any surprise this is the last apparently of these large kind of mental institutions in the country um, so in some ways we're behind the times um, and I understand people's concern about putting um, uh, people with a mental illness into the prison um, system in a way, but, you know, I guess it's a small number of people and you do have to keep them out of harm's way Absolutely. for everybody. So, But back to the idea, so you've got this piece of land, uh, the, the question mark will be, how much will how how will that? What's the process for selling it? Will it be will it be something they want to do something in particular with, or is it just going to be another housing estate? More apartments. Yeah, you know. Well, <laughs> you know, it's very possible. Um, the, the 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 second part of that is where will where will the money go? The opposition yeah. saying it's got to go into the mental health system. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure why asset sales need to go back into the mm. into the uh, industries that they that, that they're associated with, but that may or may not be a possibility. Interesting stories from this week. Let's uh, turn our attention to the paper which comes out on Monday and a feature which will uh, garner a lot of interest looking at CEO salaries. Um, These are the ones that we know of anyway. And interesting when you look at this list, given the times that we're living in as well, the the size of these salaries. Yeah. It's pretty huge, isn't it? Look, um, we've got 74 people who had a remuneration package of a million plus. All right. So that's quite a lot. Um, and that's actually down. That's down big time from 2011. It peaked at 118. Yeah. So uh, we are actually we are actually seeing it. Believe yes, it or not, coming down a little. We are seeing salaries respond to the market. And you have to remember that salaries are not just uh, you know someone doesn't just do a quick oh we'll give you know it's, it's not like you and I, James. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> these are these are calculated uh, with formulas when people are appointed. They're based on long-term activity in most cases. And so what you see with your CS salary in a year is probably the result of three to five years okay. worth of Okay, well, it's not just outcome. a base figure. No, no. When you look at these figures, you know, that's, that's, it doesn't really matter what lands in your bank account. It's fairly sizable, especially at the top end. Oh, definitely, definitely. And look, um, there's still, as far as I can see reading these numbers, they are responding to the market in terms of the economy and the and the and the profit results, but let's say 
they respond slower on the downside than they do on the upside. Okay? Below petrol prices. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, they race up and then they get clawed down. Um, look, our top our top few are not all that surprising. Uh, Richard Goiter um, tops the list. Uh, his salary at, at $9.4 million, uh, that's total, um, is a, there is a bit of conjecture in there. West Farmers contested a bit, and they actually, they like a number of companies now, are putting out a two salaries. They're sort of saying the real salary, and then the one that the that the accounting standards make them say. Mm. And there's about three and a half million of that is mm. is in performance rights that are not that that he's hasn't earned yet. So he's actually got to achieve some milestones before he gets it. Okay. But the accounting standards. Um, tell the companies they've got to book it as income there on the spot. So it's a bit it's a bit rough, and he would in that case not be our number one. He'd be behind Peter Coleman at Woodside uh, at Woodside, yeah, and Nev Power at FMG, and he probably would have been behind Peter Muir's at uh, FMG as well. Um, although, we're, as we've just stated, Peter's not going to be around for much. Uh, for the next couple of months. So his salary will take a bit of a, yes. a tumble this year. Yeah. And what I found interesting as well, you look at this list, at what level does the first woman come in? Well, gee, now you're, you're asking me a difficult question there. Uh, uh, number 22, uh, by I the looks I think it is. Number, or, or number, number 20, 20. Number 20. Uh, Marinia Fuster from IINet. Um, or number 22, Jill Winkler at Colespur. Yeah, in fact, well, you know, up in the top... The top twenty, I'd say, actually, that's a, that's a gain. I, I'm not sure. I wasn't expecting to see anyone on the first page there. So, I'm, yeah. thank you for asking me that question without notice. Yeah, well, it is uh, interesting though, when you look at it like that, and the difference as well. I mean, I know it's another talking point for another day, but it is interesting when you see the cold facts in front of you. Definitely. Oh, look, you know, that's it's true. And again, that's another slowly responding mm. part mm. of the part mm. of the market. We also did a little peek at a particular part of the market: contractors, mining contractors mainly resources contractors um, and this is where Mark Byer did this analysis and this is the part of the market that's hurting the most right they are you know you can look at the the total share return three years some of them are in the you know minus 42 minus 32 minus 41 and that's and that's at June 30 that's at June 30 it'll be worse it will be so that just reflects the fact that the demand isn't there as much as it was yeah but what but what Mark's showing with this is that some of the salaries are still very high well, they um, are. They're, 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 they haven't come off. I mean, we're still some, talking about over, yeah, pretty much near the million mark. So, oh, absolutely. And, and and I think that's what we're trying to look at this and go. And that's that slow reaction to the market. Mm. It's hit and miss um, in this because you got you got got some guys like um, Rob Valletri from Monadelphus, uh, who, who's got a pretty good total share of return. I mean, it's only one percent over three years, but Monadelphus has been a top performer. But he doesn't sit at the top of the pack. You got uh, Chris Sutherland from Program Maintenance Services, 15% TSR over three years. That means he's, you know, on average made 15% a year gain. That's a pretty good return even, you know. Mm. And uh, he's not at the top of the pack. Um, and then you got Paul Dalgleish at RCR Tomlinson, 20, 24%. Okay, he's fourth on our list. But, you know, above him are some companies that have performed much more poorly. So, you know, it's, mm. I think what happens with this is um, eventually uh, you don't have... In many cases, salaries get cut. You get people get cut. Yes. New people come in yeah, and on a different a new salary. salary, and that's yeah. an unfortunate aspect yeah, yeah. of what we've got. Even in the broad economy, yeah. companies really can't say to people, "I'm sorry, it's tough times. 
you're you've got to you've got to take a pay cut because no one believes them. I don't think until it's, until the writing's on the wall. Um, let's end if we can by talking about this greater curtain story. Sure. And um, that, that, that sort of expansion project that's underway. Yeah. Look, this is a true. I've had my eye on this for a little while. About three or four years ago, um, there was a little announcement from government um, that they were going to. Um, take pa- part of the uh, the northern side of Curtin, where it abuts Tech Park, Bentley Tech Park, and they're going to turn that into a retail high street, um, and and just enliven the area and, mm, and, mm. and 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 make Curtin a more lively place as a result, because you know it's kind of a landlocked, it is, it is. vast you know area where the students don't get a lot of services. So it made a hell of a lot of sense. And you know, there's a few property guys I met out there at the time, and they were really dead keen. This was great. They're talking about a hotel, all sorts of stuff. It all went very quiet. It looks like in the background, Curtin's been working on its side of the street at least. And now they've kind of, they made some announcements during the week. Um, it was a pretty small one actually. They said they had West Farmers was going to do a special, sp- sponsoring a special space and everything. But when we went and dug around, they are, they've got some huge plans over the next five to 10 years, right? So hotel, so again, along that strip, hotel, accommodation for 1,500 wow. students. Wow. So, you know, we don't know if that's 1,500 standalone apartments or how exactly they'll structure it. I suspect it's not exactly, you know, it's not exactly apartments in the city stuff, but nevertheless, students these days pretty much expect a, a form of apartment. Dormitories don't cut it, you mean? That's right, <laughs> exactly. And look, you know, um, Monash have just announced something really similar during the week. They're building a thousand beds, and it's costing 145 million. So I reckon we're talking about 200, 220 million dollar project wow. here just for the accommodation. Wow. Let alone the hotel, um, and then. On top of that, they've got plans to um, reroute the the road through the middle of the campus. They go, they they want to get it all ready for when this ma- this light rail, you know, the the one that's going to go to the city and UWA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's got dozens of other buildings planned around that. So, um, you know, if you look at the whole the region of, if you call South Perth a region in a sense. Um, there's not many places where you can do a full-on no. apartment development. Yeah, yeah. Mainly, um, mainly the uh, the residents don't want it. So if you look at what's happening, it's quite interesting. You've already got apartments at that top end near the Narrows, and you can exp- you could do a bit more there. You've got Applecross down at Canning Bridge. That's going ahead, right? So we'll see apartments there. And then this curtain thing. So it's almost like a triangle mm-hmm. in, uh, around the corners of South Perth in places where um, this kind of development go ahead. Long-term project, but really fascinating. I think it is fascinating and, and probably needed as well, which is interesting. That's yep. in the paper on Monday, as is the CEO's salaries. And um, we'll have another edition of Business News Background same time next week. Mark, many thanks. Thanks, James. You've been listening to a podcast of Business News Background, brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. For more information, go to the website businessnews.com.au.